Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. It's a real time of pomp and splendor. It's sort of like a showcase of what the royals do best, which is people in uniforms and horses and the royals in their brightest summer colors. Megan's being pushed at the back, that other people are now more important. I think it's a simple case of that balcony isn't actually that big and this family has expanded. I don't think the Queen will be <laughs> shouting her husband to um, a nice new Range Rover. A lot of speculation that she's going to buy him gardening equipment. Hi there and welcome to New Idea Royals. It's the only podcast that reveals what really goes on behind Palace doors. I'm Spitter Mystery and today we'll be talking about the Queen's annual birthday parade, Trooping of the Colour. Joining us today to share her royal expert knowledge is commentator Angela Mollard. Hi, Smita. How are you doing, Angela? Good. Lots happening. The Queen celebrated her 69th Trooping of the Colour at the weekend, but a lot of fans left quite disappointed that Meghan and Harry were at the back of the balcony. Why do you think that was? Look, I think a lot of people are reading a lot into this that, you know, Megan's being pushed at the back, that other people are now more important. I think it's a simple case of that balcony isn't actually that big. And this family has expanded um, hugely in the last few years. So you've got all these kids who need to be at the front and need to be able to see. You also have a situation where uh, the Queen no longer has Prince Philip accompanying her. So Prince Andrew then moves in and he's next to her, which means he's taken the pole position. Then you've got to have the Cambridges because of course, they're next to nine to the throne. Mm. So you've, they've got to be front and centre, which they were. And then naturally, Meghan and Harry were at the back. Now, if you remember last year, they were slightly to the back as well. So I think a lot of people are reading into it because they love Meghan. She's their favourite. They love Meghan and Harry. They want to be able to see them. They hadn't seen her since the birth of little Archie. And I think people were just very invested in what was she wearing? How's she looking after her pregnancy? You know, all that sort of thing. Um, but really, I don't think there's any great... Um, there are people that have to be in certain positions, but generally it's it's a case of getting the kids to the front so that they can see. Interestingly, this year, um, George, Charlotte and Louis, they were at the front, but they weren't next to Savannah and Isla Phillips. Last year, there was a little bit of argy-bargy going on between yeah. them with Savannah putting her hand over George's mouth. So they sort of split them up this year, which I thought was very interesting, which is a bit of a shame because I like seeing that sort of thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was, um, look, I, I think a lot of controversy about where Megan's standing, but at the end of the day, I think it's just common sense that they need actually need to all have a position. That jolly balcony needs a bit of reinforcement, I think. Um, you know, there's few of them on it these days. There was quite a few on there today, yeah. yeah. <laughs> packed in yeah. there, packed, yeah. Anyway. So should we read anything into the distance that, that was between the Sussexes and the Cambridges? Look, I think a lot of people made a lot out of that too, that last year they were back sort of um, – they were next to each other. They weren't this year. I don't think so. Look, you pro you possibly could say, oh, why were they either side of the Queen? Last year they were both um, on the same side. I, look, I just think it's mixing it up. They split the kids up. Maybe that was the reason this year. I mean, the PR teams must have to go through so many machinations to work out who sits, who stands where yeah. for these sorts of things. The fact is it's a glorious occasion. The Trooping of the Colour is you know, magnificent. It's a real time of pomp and splendour. It's sort of like a showcase of what the royals do best, which is people in uniforms and horses 
and the royals in their brightest summer colours. As we know, of course, the Queen has her real birthday back in April, yep. but this is um, positioned midsummer so that there's usually better weather and that, you know, it's a, it's a lovely display. So, um, no, I wouldn't read too much into it at all. Prince Louis is so cute with his royal wave and his little thumb sucking. I loved his thumb sucking. Didn't you love that? Like, so it's just cute. so normal. Like, there's Kate, yep. just very gently trying to move his yeah. hand away from his mouth. But remember that picture at the window before yep. they came out? There's the three kids at the window and there's little Louis with yep. his thumb firmly in his mouth and he could but what I loved about the Cambridges they looked so happy that yeah. clearly Kate and William just with their three kids they're just adorable but what was interesting as you pointed out was that um, Louis was wearing this little outfit that's actually 35 years old it yes. was first worn in 1984 by Prince William on a trip with Prince Charles to Balmoral with this photograph of them so little blue pants and a white um, shirt with little blue embroidery on it Prince Harry then wore it two years later in 1986 at the Trooping of the Colour, the yep. same event. It was, in fact, his second uh, Trooping of the Colour. And then, of course, now Prince Louis is wearing it. And someone said to me, oh, well, why didn't Harry get that as a hand-me-down? He should have it for Archie. But, of course, William wore it first, so yep. if, it's probably gone down to William. But it, I like the fact that Kate is recycling these these yep. clothes. She's obviously very mindful of of bringing that era of their lives forward, showing the royal, fa- you know, showing ordinary families that they recycle as well. I mean, I'm not sure how much that outfit was worth. But, I mean, it's not like they get worn out, do they? Because um, little kids' clothes never do. I really like seeing these outfits repurposed and I like the way the same way she puts George in an outfit and then Charlotte will be wearing the the same jumper or cardigan or whatever. So I'm wondering if they're going to be passed on to Meghan because that would be interesting because that would mean it was the last child for the Cambridges. But I suspect there's going to be a fourth. Mm, I think also makes them quite normal, doesn't it? When it you does, see them doing those yeah. kind of things. Like the rest of us actually have yeah. to do it. They don't have to do it, <laughs> but it's quite nice that they do. Yeah. Um, I think Royal Watchers also noticed that, um, Megan may have received a push present. Indeed. Now. I loathe this term. It's very American. It's very kind of West Coast. It's very Kardashian that, you know, you push out a baby and get a, and you get a present from your husband. Kind of, you know, like surely the baby's the present. But anyway, it is a thing. It's, it's clearly crossed the Atlantic. Um, if indeed this is truthful. So what was noticed was that when Megan was waving, she had three rings on her fingers. So as well as having her engagement ring and her wedding ring, there was a third ring, which was a sort of twisted band and it looked like it was possibly a, an eternity ring. The fact that it was on the same fingers denotes that it was a, some sort of significant ring. So maybe Harry did give her a push present. Certainly as we saw in his press conference straight after the birth, he was incredibly overwhelmed and made those wonderful comments about how he was in awe of women giving birth. So, um, you know, that's a lovely sentiment if he has bought her that. I would have preferred a, a palace myself. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> it's uh, her first appearance since uh, Archie was was born. So um, some people have said that she was um, channeling a very important person in her life with her yeah. look. Yeah, look, I thought that was really interesting. They, there was a lot of pictures put up of Megan and Doria, her mum, yeah. and they did actually look really similar. You know, nobody's saying it, but we can because this is our podcast. But, you know, <laughs> Megan has got that sort of more rounded look, breastfeeding, post-birth. Good honour. That's yeah. what normal women look like after they've given birth. I think it's lovely that we're seeing her like that. And because she had her hair back and her mum's got that rounder face, they did look actually quite quite similar. Yeah. I thought it was quite gratifying. She did actually look a bit tired. <laughs> like, I mean, you know, it's, I'm sure that she's the mum that, 
she could have any number of nannies she wanted, but I imagine Megan being Megan would be very all over it. She'd yeah. be the one getting up. She and Harry, of course. But, um, I think seeing a woman of that status, um, and with that amount of wealth still looking tired like the rest of us after we've given birth is, is a good thing. And I think it's very normal, but yeah, she did look like Doria. Um, she looked fantastic actually. Yeah. And she looked like she was enjoying herself too. Yeah. Very smiley. I mm. think people were saying later Harry also looked a little tired too. <laughs> yeah. I know. And he'd had to do all the Trump stuff, hadn't he? Yeah. Do we know when uh, Megan will return to work? Well, look, it's going to be pretty much um, the same as what Kate did when she had um, her baby. So it's suspected that she'll sort of go through the summer, um, the, the British summer, and she'll put, return to work in the autumn. And what generally happens is that she will attend a few engagements before then but won't really start back um, sort of in, in a normal capacity until the autumn. So it's sort of – you know, five to six months, which is pretty typical of what um, what Kate has done. This is her first baby. I think she'll do what she wants to do. There's no uh, requirement. But when we say they return to work, it's not like that going in from eight till five, is it? <laughs> it's not that they're having to get on the London tube system and hail yep. and snow and, <laughs> and all sorts and, and have to schlep into, you know, an hour's work away they might go to an uh, an engagement which or they dinner. have to get dressed <laughs> or a dinner exactly and they do have someone to take care of so it's not like they're trying to juggle childcare. it's um <laughs> they're pretty well provided for so i think she'll be pretty much doing what um kate did um in terms of when she came back to work okay and so she's clearly a, a royal favorite but i think there's some news reports saying that someone is not very happy with her snubbing of trump during That's his visit right. What's the story there? So Piers Morgan, who we know, occasionally suffers from relevance deprivation syndrome if he hasn't been in the headlines for, you know, 14 hours, um, has come out and said that it was shameful that she didn't meet Trump, that actually, as well as meeting Trump, it was the um, anniversary of the 75th anniversary of the D-Day landings yeah. and that, you know, that that was a total snub and that the fact she could come out just a couple of days later and, and attend the glorious event of the trooping of the colour. I think it's interesting. Let's look at it. So I think it would have been very awkward had she turned up. She's yeah. the woman that said that he's divisive and misogynist. Um, he in turn called her nasty. We know Harry went to the lunch but sort of snuck in the back, barely yeah. talked to them, was, you know, it certainly wasn't a, a high presence. He had to be there because had he not been there, I think it would have been questionable. Yeah. I think she's got away with the fact that she is on maternity leave. She doesn't need to press the flesh with Trump. I think she probably didn't want to. I mean, you know, she has a choice in these things. Um, as for Piers Morgan saying that's the equivalent of effectively flipping, he said it's the equivalent of flipping the bird, not only to the Trump, but to the Queen and the duty that goes beyond, that goes with that role of being in the firm. I think his, his comment was that, you know, if you're in the firm, you're, you're dutiful. And that going forward, she needs to be very mindful of that. I don't think she won't be mindful of that. I think what she'll be more mindful of is making political comments in her new role. But when she made those comments, she didn't know she was going to meet the heir to the throne and get married and join the British royal family. So That's right. I think we have to be pretty understanding of that. And I think it's quite fun to actually know where her political leanings lie because they're so diplomatic, the rest of them. It's quite nice to to, to have a bit of an idea of, of – and, and, you know, this is – this is how people are coming into the royal family now. They're not 18-year-old uh, ingenues who have never lived at all, which was what Diana was. She barely knew anything about anything. These are people that have lived on the world stage. They've had jobs. They're educated. We've got to expect that they have a proper – they bring a life and life experiences and opinions to their role. And I think in some cases marrying later means that there's – 
possibly greater solidity and knowledge about what they're getting into, unlike Diana, who was very young and, um, you know, 19, hadn't really lived a life, didn't really have opinions. And I, and I think Megan is better placed because she does. And I think Piers needs to be a little more accepting of that. He's not yeah. a man who's short of an opinion himself. Yeah, just be mindful of that she had this, like you said, life from before yeah, as well. exactly. So, taken out of context a little bit. <laughs> I think so. So Prince Philip, he was celebrated his 98th birthday. How have the royal family marked the occasion? Oh, my God, they've gone nuts on Instagram, these guys. <laughs> so they've all put um, pictures up. So I loved particularly Harry's one where they call, where he called him Sir, comma, Granddad, which was really <laughs> cute. Um the Cambridges have put up pictures. Princess Eugenie put up a really sweet picture of her when she was younger with Prince Philip. I mean, they are now really, really using their social media accounts to yep. mark any occasion. They're all trying to find the sweetest picture of, of Philip and the Queen when they were younger and that sort of thing. There's a bit of kind of competitive posting going on that I think needs a bit of monitoring. But look, it's a new development for them to post as regularly as they do. I thought it was lovely. Um, there's a lot of speculation about what the Queen has got him as a gift, and I was uh, speculating Ooh, yes. on Channel <laughs> 7 that perhaps it wouldn't be a car. <laughs> Obviously, he's no longer driving after oh, his yes. accident. <laughs> so I don't think the Queen will be shouting her husband to um, a nice new Range Rover. Um, a lot of speculation that she's going to buy him gardening equipment. He's a very keen gardener. In fact, he's the only person in Britain to have grown a very rare black truffle. Not sure how he's done it, but can you imagine being the queen? It's her 71st year buying <laughs> presents for her husband because they've been married that long. I mean, you must just get round to kind of the beginning of June and just slap your hand to your forehead, <laughs> mustn't you, and go, oh, what am I going to get him? But luckily, <laughs> she's got staff and I'm sure they come up with some great ideas. But anyway, the money is on um, a gardening trial. Very mm. romantic at the advanced <laughs> age of 98. But let's just hope he makes it through to 100. Yeah, definitely. Um, you were talking about um, Instagram and the Sussex, Sussexes. Mm. Um, that, do you think that they control their Instagram themselves or do you think they have a bit of input on that? I think they. Megan has a huge input on her Instagram. She is – you can – She's a details person. Mm. She's run a blog. She's all over public relations. She's um, got a degree in international relations. I think she's very, very clever. And you can see her touch in it. You can yeah. see it in the assembly of the photographs. The ones that came out post-wedding, sorry, to celebrate their wedding were incredibly cinematic. Mm. They were black and white. There was a, there was almost a storyboard in the way that they were um, presented. That, or they've just got a really, really good person who's <laughs> very like her in the PR office. Yep. But I suspect... I don't imagine anything to do with Megan from her clothes to her image to what she says to the speeches she writes to mm. the posts that she makes. I don't imagine any of it is done with her out her hand all over it. I mean, she's controlling. I don't mind people that are controlling. I'm controlling because, because you get to that age where you like things to be how you want them to be. And she's earned that right. She's worked very, very hard. But I think, I think her, her touch is over everything yep. she does. And it'll be really interesting when it comes to mothering because her touch will be all over mothering and I don't think it will be quite the conventional royal approach. I think we'll see things that um, that we haven't seen before with the royal family, but we'll wait for those to unfold. Yeah. And so, I mean, they have, uh, you know, she has a lot of famous friends. Mm. Do they regularly entertain these people? Oh, yeah. Well, it's really interesting because you never quite know. You know, all these people turn up to the wedding and you think, oh, yeah, are they just on your, you know, on your phone list? You don't mm. actually see these people. But um, interestingly, George Clooney came out last week and talked about the fact that they regularly get, get together for dinner and um, the Cloonies go to their place and vice versa. They live... Uh, the Clooney's live in Berkshire, um, quite close to Windsor. 
God, can you imagine mm. the glamour in that room? I mean, <laughs> honestly, you've got George Clooney, Prince Harry, Meghan and Amal Clooney. I mean, not only super glamorous, but can you imagine the kind of what would they be talking about? Intellectual conversation. <laughs> yeah. Like you can see Megan and Amal going nuts and you can see Clooney and Harry tucking into the tequila, can't you? That's, that's my <laughs> guess. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's what I reckon anyway. But, um, yeah, funny that he came out and actually gave a bit of detail about that. It's always nice to know these things and, you know, yeah. that they're not just, um, you know, sort of celebrity friendships and, in, in that they actually do spend time together. But I, I don't imagine they're like the rest of us and rock up in some old Birkenstocks and a jeans and <laughs> stand around and have a barbie. I reckon it's probably a bit more posh than that. Moving to Denmark, the Danish royals have um, competed in a charity race. Lots of like really sweet photos came out of yeah. the family together. Um, what can you tell us about this, Savannah? Yeah, they're the family that runs together, aren't they? So yeah. they've got four kids. And what was really sweet about this is that Prince Christian, actually, um, he's 13 now, he put on the family's Instagram um, that he was going running. It's a one-mile event. It's called the Royal Run, and it's for charity. And all four of them ran it, as did Mary, mm. the, the you know, our Princess Mary. Frederick didn't. He's got a sore back. And so he didn't run it, but he was at the end and he was sort of hugging the kids and everything. But quite sweet that Prince Christian was sort of his first sort of Instagram post and in a charitable. Yeah. He was doing it for that reason. And I thought it was really sweet. It shows them that they're growing up though. Because we just, so I mean, it was just <laughs> the other day, wasn't she in the pub meeting him? And <laughs> now they've got a 13 year old. It just makes you feel old, doesn't it? Anyway, really sweet. And I, I love anything to do with their family. They seem very cohesive and, and they're very committed to doing good things. Thanks so much for joining us today, Ange, and thanks everyone for listening. For more information and for more stories, go to newidea.com.au or visit our Facebook page, New Idea Royals. And of course, check out our latest Royal Mini Mag in the current issue of New Idea. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.